Welcome back to Held and Healed. This podcast is a resource filled with resources to help you on your healing journey, especially for women who are rebuilding after abuse. As hard as it is to believe the end of February is almost here, I'm not really sure where it went. There's been a lot happening here in my life personally, and I'm just trying to keep up at a rapid rate, but it's good stuff. It's exciting stuff. It's um, redemptive. And um, Charlie, you're okay. You're okay. We're going to try to get through this podcast this morning without too much barking. She's extremely aware of everything that moves in the neighborhood, and she lets me know. She's all but eight, maybe nine pounds, and she thinks she is a fierce guard dog. So over at Held and Healed, um, the group has now grown to, I believe it's about 3,400 women. We get requests every week, anywhere from 30 to 50 women that want to join us each week. And um, there are questions that need to be answered, and that's for safety and privacy. It is really not a great um, fit if you are still in the midst of um, an abusive situation and it could make it dangerous if someone saw that you were part of this group. So what we ask is that you wait until you have gotten to safety and all of your devices and all of your passwords you know, are yours and nobody else has access to them. And then join us because it can put you in harm's way. It can put, it honestly can put me in harm's way. <clears throat> so just wait until you are at a place of safety. And then please, please join us at Held and Healed on Facebook. It's Christian Women Rebuilding After Abuse. That group has grown rapidly. We have a lot of discussions in the group. So um, one of the things I like to do is expose harmful teachings and harmful um, books and resources that have kept women in these abusive marriages for so long, especially within these conservative evangelical faith communities. So discussions that we wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable having on a public platform. I am not ready to name names publicly, but inside this group, we will, um, we just reveal, we have a really active thread about harmful books and authors, and we actually added to that just like celebrity pastors and people who preach uh, things that are extremely, uh, they repress women, they hold women in bondage, they push women down, they tell women that they are responsible for the abuse that they're enduring in their homes, they shame and blame them, they never ever ever hold the abuser to account. And so we're exposing Um, And if you're not familiar, Sarah McDougall has a dumpster fire list on Amazon. I'm not exactly sure how you would access that. Um, I share it inside the group, but if you were just to go to Amazon, I don't know if you could just search her name and put dumpster fire in there. But I believe it's 50 some books that she has. She's a reader. She's a researcher. And they are very common and popular books within the conservative faith community. They are the types of books that your pastor or your pastor's wife was probably giving out. And they're dumpster fire because they really promote teachings that hold women in captivity to abusers. They are not abuse-informed. They're not trauma-informed. They don't really talk about the possibility of a life-saving divorce, which we know is um, necessary in many, many cases. And so um, those discussions are going on inside of that group. Um, I share 
the good, the bad, the ugly. So we talk about and we break down, we're unlearning and relearning things, things that we believed all of our lives were straight from God's mouth. And now we're realizing, oh my gosh, that was mistranslated by a translator that was just taken out of context that does not bear in mind the original language of the day when that was written and it doesn't bear in mind the culture that it was written in so so much of the word of god has been used as a weapon especially against women and other marginalized peoples so we are there to just be focusing back on the heart of god who is god and when we know him the way that i know him um so much of what we grew up with is just rubbish. I know him to be my comforter. I know him to be my father. I know him to parent me well and gently. I know him to be my confidant and my best friend. I know him to be good, loving, safe, kind. And when you just take verses and you use them to beat people up and to hold people in bondage, that is completely missing who God is. And so it's simply not enough to know the word of God. We must, must know the God of the word. And even those who claim to know the the word of God don't always look at original language, culture, and context. So they don't even really know the word of God. So today, I can't believe I haven't done this before. Today, I am just going to briefly touch on 12 truths that have renewed my mind as I have been rebuilding my life. And I actually do coaching on this. Um, I have some videos that break down each concept. So if that's something you're interested in, I will be going to my website soon and updating it. So you can just purchase the video content and listen to it. Um, I'm not in a season right now where I can do a lot of group coaching, but um, the principles and the concepts here would be super helpful. These are also really important for anyone who's a helper. So maybe you are walking with a woman right now who has come to you and she has begun to reveal that things are not right in her home and she has disclosed physical, sexual, verbal, emotional, spiritual, financial, any form of abuse, okay? This content that I'm going to share today, these truths are things that I needed to hear 25 plus years ago and no one spoke these to me. And so as I created this list, I was just keeping my younger self in mind. And I just pray that this will bless someone today. I would love to hear from you. So if you're part of the group, you can um, you can just message me through Messenger. If you are not yet, you can message me at info at heatherelizabeth.org. I would love to hear from you. I can see how many plays this podcast gets, but I have no idea. I have no idea who's getting the information, who's listening. And I would love to know if something here resonated with you. So 12 truths to renew your mind when rebuilding after an abusive marriage. I'm just going to touch on these because I have 12 of them. So I'm just going to take a couple minutes on each one and fly through. But if you want more content, look back on my website, um, heatherelizabeth.org. And eventually I will get the 12 truths videos up and you can purchase those. Okay. Number one, this is found They're They're all foundational, but this is like, you have to know this before you can move on. Number one, God loves you and he wants you to be safe and well. 
God loves you and he wants you to be safe and well. Again, you have to know and understand the God of the word. And he is a good, loving, safe, gentle, compassionate father who loves his daughters. He wants you to be safe and well. If a good, loving, and safe earthly father knew that his daughter was enduring these things, and I did preface that with good, loving, and safe, okay? I'm not saying that every father would say this to his daughter, okay? But if he's good, if he's loving, if he's safe, he would not send her back into a place where she's being harmed. So much more love our Heavenly Father has for us. So let's start with that. He loves you and he wants you to be safe and well. Number two, God loves you a person more than he loves your marriage, which is an institution. God loves you a person, his daughter, more than he loves your marriage, which is an institution. If you have not listened to my interview with Gretchen Baskerville way, way back in the beginning of this podcast, just look in those first I don't know which number it was, but just go back, scroll through and grab that interview with Gretchen Baskerville. We break down so many of the myths, the lies, the mistranslations. The God hates divorce is actually a mistranslation. Y'all get this, get this. It is not the original language. It's not the original um, heart and context at all. A life-saving divorce is a merciful option for people who are enduring abuse. God hates the hardness of heart and the abuse that leads to the necessity of a divorce. Very, very different. But for so many of us, we grew up in church culture telling us that God hates divorce. And then we translated that God would hate me if I got a divorce. And that's dangerous. God loves you a person more than he loves your marriage and institution. Number three, abuse is so much more than broken bones and bruises. I have not yet done a podcast and updated Sarah McDougall's 18 Forms of Abuse, but you can go back again towards the beginning of this podcast and you can grab the 13 Patterns and Systems of Abuse. She's added some categories since that, but you can still get a baseline. Abuse is so much more than broken bones and bruises. Abuse can be psychological mental, emotional, verbal, spiritual, financial, medical, reproductive, like controlling whether or not you can or cannot have children. Uh, It can involve pets and property. There's so many different forms of abuse, okay? So go back, get familiar. And if a woman doesn't just have broken bones and bruises, do not tell her that she is not being abused. Do not say that to a woman, Maybe legally there are only certain things that can be pursued legally, but abuse is so much more. There are places in the world, and I believe some states even within our country, that are starting to recognize other forms of abuse and creating laws. I pray for the day and I long for the day when other forms of abuse can be deemed criminal. I pray for that day. I pray for that day. Number four, if your marriage is abusive... Marriage counseling is unwise, unsafe, and unethical. I want to say that again to every person listening to this. If you are someone coming from abuse, if you are a helper of people, if you are a ministry leader, if you are a counselor, I am going to shout this till the day I die. If your marriage or someone else's marriage is abusive, marriage counseling is unwise, unsafe, and unethical. 
it is time to know better and do better. So if you are a pastor, if you're a leader of some sort, if you are a counselor and you are allowing people to be in a setting, a counseling setting, and there is abuse present, you are not doing your job. And I would dare say that if you're a counselor, you should lose your license. I feel so passionately about this. You are putting people in harm's way. You are putting her in a position where everything that is said about in that session can be used against her. On the ride home, he is going to be angry and belligerent. It may put her in physical harm's way. This needs to be taught. Marriage conferences, if you are forcing people who have forms of abuse, refer back to point number three, okay? Go get familiar with those forms and patterns. If you are telling people from your church to go to this marriage conference and in a weekend it's going to transform a broken, abusive marriage, you are failing. You are failing. You are harming and you are putting people in danger. I feel so strongly about this. Can you tell? Can you tell? I sat through eight years. Eight years. Of a group coaching setting. With my abuser and many other abusers. And it was traumatizing. I did not understand the things and know the things then that I know now. But looking back, it was unwise, unsafe, unethical, irresponsible of those leaders to allow women to be in that session, in that setting with their abusers. Not cool, harmful, don't do it. So I'm going to read that again. If a marriage is abusive, marriage counseling is unwise, unsafe, and unethical. You are not talking about two people who are healthy, who care about each other, and who want the end goal to be peace and safety and goodness. You are talking about an imbalance of power and control. One person has power and control over the other, and they will use anything and everything in that setting to hurt their victim. It is a fact. Every woman that I've ever talked to who has gone to a counselor or a marriage conference or some type of setting with their abuser has been further harmed. This is fact. We know better now. We do better. Stop doing this. Advise her to a trauma-informed, abuse-informed, nervous system regulation-trained counselor. Advise him to a different one. You will see very quickly that if he can't control her and manipulate her in the session, he will burn out. He will not continue for long. She wants the help. He doesn't. Separate them out. Let her go get the help she needs. If he's willing to go get some help and you know someone who is truly qualified to see through the BS, but nine times out of 10 or more, he will not stick with it because he's lost the power and the control over her. Okay. Number five, self-care is not selfish. So inside of Held and Healed, we talk a lot. We talk a lot about self-care. And what I have come to realize as I am digging deeper, as I'm on a quest to become stronger and to heal, I am realizing that so many of the healthy habits that I have been teaching and coaching women in for the last several years are actually things that regulate the nervous system. It's so cool when we are passionate about something and then it's just affirmed over and over in these different ways. So most of the healthy habits that I encourage, and you would have to jump into our group or go back and listen to my podcast on that, 
So many of those things help to regulate the nervous system. If you're not aware yet, trauma causes injury to the brain and the brain needs to heal just like any other organ in the body would need to heal and you would receive specialized care for, the brain also needs care. And working with trauma-informed, abuse-informed therapists, and when I say that, I know that's a loosey-goosey term, find out what their credentials are, find out where they got their training, find out if they really know their stuff. There are bukus of resources online. And my pro tip for you is to go to Instagram and follow my nonprofit, Honor Project Movement. It has a little blue heart. That's how you know you're in the right place. Follow that account and then look through the accounts that that one follows. And I am following a lot of mental health professionals and they will give you very specific things that you can do to practice self-care and nervous system regulation. Very practical. In these reels, they will instruct you of how to calm yourself, somatic practices, etc. So please, please go follow Honor Project Movement and then scroll down through the accounts that that account follows and pick up your favorites. So off the top of my head, I love Flourish Therapy with Luke and Lauren Smallcomb. I love um, Sarah Jackson coaching and recently discovered Julie, Dr. Julie Smith. She does wonderful 60 second object lesson reels that are just like blow your mind. She just presents a concept so concisely, uses objects and the concept just gets into my brain and it makes so much sense. Um, there's a global mental health one. I think that's what it's called that I really like. There's all kinds of somatic ones. I can't think of all the ones. I'm not trying to leave anybody out. I love um, anything with Gabor Mate. I think I'm saying that right. Um, I don't know who else I'm forgetting right now. Just go follow that account and follow the accounts that account follows. And learn about nervous system regulation. I love KJ Ramsey, Andy Kolber, excellent resources. Number six, I set boundaries Okay, I'm putting these in your, I'm speaking these to you instead of to me. Let's try that again. Number six, you set boundaries to respect yourself and to honor your healing. You set boundaries to respect yourself and to honor your healing. Boundaries are not so much about telling other people what they're going to do. It's about saying what I am going to do if X, Y, Z happens. We cannot control other people, and that's not what boundaries are about. That makes us not a whole lot better than our abusers when we try to control and manipulate situations. But we are setting ourselves up and saying, these are my boundaries, and when they're crossed, I will remove myself from the situation. I will remove myself from the relationship. I will do X, Y, Z, because my healing and my being are worthy of that respect. So you set boundaries to respect yourself and honor your healing. I do have um, videos for this as well. And I am giving myself an assignment this week to work on getting those videos ready so that you can just purchase them. Again, because I'm not doing coaching right now, but I would love for you to have access. And there, I think, are maybe six, is it six or 12, different points that I make throughout that, um, that series as well all about boundaries in a more trauma abuse informed approach. So if you are still living with your abuser, it 
could put you in a very dangerous situation to begin standing up to your abuser. So most of these concepts that I share in my boundaries coaching are for once you are removed from that, you have physical distance. And maybe you have to share custody of the kids and there are things that you can do so that you are still safe and healing even as you are having to have contact with that abuser. Apps like... um, Oh, I can't think of the apps right now. There are apps that the court can mandate so that all of your communication goes through that so that there is a level of accountability. I've heard from some people that this helps and from other people, if they don't have professionals who are really keeping up with it and really looking into it, it may not be that much of a help. But you set those boundaries to respect yourself and to honor your healing. If someone respects a pretty little white picket fence of a boundary. That may be the only boundary you have to set with that particular person. But if someone plows over that sweet little white picket fence, you may have to then create a stone wall or a brick wall or a concrete wall. So it really depends on how much they respect the boundary that you set if that boundary has to get stronger, higher, Honor yourself, honor your healing. All right, number seven, it's okay to ask for help. Okay, a lot of you probably are like, ah, shiver shake, right? But it is. And I don't just think it's okay to ask for help. I believe it's actually uh, vital that we ask for help. And I believe my next podcast, which I may do back to back with this one because I'm really behind this month, I am going to be talking about creating your village. And this is something that a therapist um, taught me at the very early stages of separation. I was barely functioning from chronic illness and I was going through separation and I was beginning to experience DV by proxy. I had so much going on so quickly, had lost my quote unquote faith community had lost what was left of my family support system. It was not a lot, but my entire friend and support system just um, structure just changed during that season. But I still needed to learn to create a village of people to help me. And I will be talking in that podcast about how I kind of compartmentalize relationships. So I would have my friends over here who understood um, abuse and I would, I would process things that had to do with an abusive marriage with that person. And then I had my friends over here who were moms of teen boys. And I would process all the parenting things. And then I had my friends over here who were dealing with chronic illness. And just the devastation and the lack of being able to do and be all the things we had done and been before. And I had people who understood the crisis of spiritual abuse and the crisis of faith and and trying to understand um, where God was in the midst of all this suffering. And then I had one dear friend who, (laughs) she got it all, you know, because she understood elements, all those elements. And so she was kind of like my go-to. And I tried really hard to spread out my neediness, okay? For lack of a better word, that's probably not the word. Um, let's backtrack. Let's not call that neediness. I tried to spread out the different things that I was facing, traumas, they were traumas, and not wear out one person. Does that make sense? And then I felt like I wasn't totally going to take my friend under with all of my stuff. 
So it's okay to ask for help. You need professional help. You need therapists. You need legal help. You may need doctors and um, specialists to help you with your chronic illness. You need all different types of categories for people to help support your children. Teachers, therapists, coaches, um, tutors, different people like that. You need people who understand your crisis of faith and aren't going to shove a bunch of spiritual bypassing down your throat and overlook your needs. And you need friends that you can hang out with and just have fun and forget about all the crazy hard stuff for a little bit. So we're going to talk about that more in the next episode. It is okay to ask for help. It is vital to ask for help. Number eight, you are strong and you have strengths you've yet to discover. You are strong and you have strengths that you have yet to discover. Now, I want to talk a little bit about positive affirmations. Yeah, because this one can fall in that category. And I have been learning lately. I've been hearing from different therapists and this is really like light bulb moment. I have never been a fan of positive affirmations and just saying things just to say them. First of all, I'm a truth teller. I'm a truth seeker and a truth speaker. So if something doesn't feel right, if it doesn't feel true to me and who I am, if it doesn't feel true to my situation and my circumstances, if it doesn't feel like it aligns with biblical truth, I am not going to say it. All right? And so I was a part of a business coaching group um, started in 2020. And one thing we did a lot of was positive affirmations. And I didn't like it. It didn't settle for me. It didn't feel right. It actually really upset me. And as I am learning from a trauma-informed perspective, it's making sense to me. It's making so much sense. And I started a book by Dr. Julie Smith. Is that right? And she talks in one of her chapters about this. So I will actually be doing probably a full podcast episode on this topic at a later date when I have her book in hand and I can quote her word for word. But she explains why if you are coming from trauma and abuse, why positive affirmations are probably harmful. And um, so this statement, number eight, I am strong and I have strengths I've yet to discover, could kind of fall into the line of positive affirmations. And you may get really squirmy when I read that. So if it doesn't feel right for you right now, don't say it. Just don't say it. But one thing we do when we're going through this in group coaching is I give a list with hundreds of positive, praiseworthy character traits. And I ask you to pick a couple that describe you, either that you can see in yourself or that other people can see in you, and to begin to speak life over yourself. So if that is super hard and triggering, then just skip over that, okay? There's enough goodness and enough truth here that I hope there's something that everybody can grab one or two and really begin to focus on it. But the truth is, you wouldn't be here right now if you weren't strong. And so I am going to speak that over you. The things that you have endured are ghastly. The things that you have suffered through, the trauma and the abuse that has brought you to the place where you would even look up this podcast was meant to take you out. And yet here you are, dear one. Here you are. 
And so today, I just want to speak that over you. You are strong and you have strengths you have yet to discover. You will do things. When you come through on the other side of this, you will do things that your younger self will be like, oh my word, I am so proud of her. I am in relationship with women right now who are being beat up by the legal system and their children are being harmed and they are being harmed because their abuser is winning and they are not. A lot of times it's lack of resources, lack of funding, and the person with the most money is the person that gets what they want and that is unfair, it's unsafe. But I see, I see this group of women coming together in the future once they are through what they're going through, once they're on the other side, and I see them creating a task force (laughs) to coach and help other women get through this, learning from the things that, Nobody helped them with to help women avoid pitfalls that they have fallen into, okay? So that may be you. I encourage you to go ahead and get through your stuff. Get to a place of safety and peace yourself. But then if you're ready, I will connect you with people who can help you to help other women fight. Deborah Doak is a wonderful resource. She actually has a coaching program where she is preparing other women to do what she does and she she works specifically in this realm of legal <coughs> excuse me legal and financial so hey I got through the 30 minute mark before I started with my allergies so sorry all right number nine God sees all hears all and knows all you do not have to prove to him that you were abused God sees all hears all and knows all you do not have to prove to him that you were abused Maybe your spiritual leaders do not hear you, see you, or believe you. Maybe your family does not hear you, see you, or believe you. Maybe your children or grandchildren do not hear you, see you, or believe you. But I promise you that God does. He sees you. He hears you. He believes you. And I know this is where a lot of us get stuck. Well, if he can see it all, why doesn't he stop it? I know that is a place where many of us get stuck and it's okay. It's okay to say, God, I don't get this. And God, this isn't fair. And God, where are you? It is absolutely okay to cry out to him, to scream. It's okay. And in my simple mind, the way that I understand is that he did create us with free will. And with that free will, a lot of people make really rotten choices So if he were a God that wanted power and control over us, he would have created us as puppets with strings and we would just do his bidding, but that's not how he created us. And so I promise you that if it hurts your heart, it hurts his heart, okay? If it matters to you, it matters to him and you can cry out to him. Maybe you're taking a break right now from the Bible because the Bible was used as a weapon against you and I actually strongly encourage you to do that if you need to. But if you are able to read the word, the Psalms are a great place to go because every emotion you can think of is expressed in the Psalms. And the psalmists are on high highs and they're on low lows and that can change. In a moment, you and I have been there. We are there. We're one moment we feel like we can do this. We are going to make it. We're going to get to the other side. And then an hour later, something happens and we are back in those pits. So I get it. I feel it. God gets it. He feels it. He sees all, hears all, and knows all. You do not have to prove to him that you were abused. He believes you. 
Number 10, you are worthy of love, safety, honor, respect, and fidelity. You, my dear friend, are worthy of love, safety, honor, respect, and fidelity. This does not just go for marriage and romantic relationships. This is in all relationships. You're worthy of these elements, love, safety, honor, respect, fidelity. If you are not experiencing these things in your relationships, go back up to bound, to number six and set boundaries to respect yourself and honor your healing. We were talking this week in our group about how you are the sum of the nervous systems of the five people that you spend the most time with. So we've heard that you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. But when you look at it as nervous system and being a co-regulator or a dysregulator of another person, oh my gosh, that makes a lot of sense. So someone was like, well, what if you have to work in an office setting with someone who is abusive and narcissistic? Well, you refer back to number six with boundaries. You probably need to look for another job. That's what I would advise. And you make sure that the other relationships in your life are good and safe. If you are still living with your abuser and you don't have another option, you don't have another way out right now, then you make sure that your relationships with friends, family, coworkers, neighbors, etc. are good and safe. And you begin to set boundaries with anyone who is dishonoring you, anyone who is um, dishonest, unsafe, unloving, disrespectful, and unfaithful to you because you are in a season of survival. If you are working with someone who's abusive, if you're living with someone who's abusive, all the other relationships out there need to be as safe as humanly possible. Doesn't mean you're cutting people off for life and for good, but going low contact with anyone who is harming you to get through the season that you're in, in a, an unsafe work environment, home environment is vital. So begin to evaluate your relationships. And if they are not loving, safe, honoring, respectful, and faithful, it is time for some serious boundary setting. I can't say this enough because you are worthy of love, safety, honor, respect, and fidelity. All right, number 11, abuse is not your fault. Never, ever, ever. The person who abuses chooses to abuse you. You do not have to be a perfect person, a perfect human to be worthy of love, honor, safety, respect, and fidelity. You just have to be a person, okay? And so if we went by this um, theory that you have to be perfect to receive these things, then Jesus Christ would be the only person who walked the face of the earth who was worthy of safety and honor and respect. Okay? That's not... It doesn't even make sense. We are all human beings. We are all flawed. We are all capable of harming. However, a healthy human being, a good, safe, and loving human being will want to make restitution and make things right when they know that they've harmed someone. The abuser does not care. The abuser will keep harming. So hear this and hear me loud and clear. Abuse is not your fault. Abuse is not your fault. I don't care. I do care. No matter what the abuser has said, no matter what they have said to you, it's not your fault. They choose to abuse. It is on them, not on you. If I was just this, if I was just meeker, if I was just milder, if I was just more submissive, if I was just a better cook, if I just looked prettier, if I just lost 30 pounds, he wouldn't dot, dot, dot. No, no, no. 
And number 12, your story matters. Your story is not over. Wow. Hmm. Wow. The fall of 2016. Well, let's back up a year. The fall of 2015 is when I became ill. It was a virus that I picked up in another country. But what we have come to understand and realize is that it actually went inside my body and it woke up all kinds of other viruses that had been there dormant for years. Now I understand that trauma and abuse can cause horrific harm to your physical body. And so many survivors are dealing with chronic illness. So if I had been told in 2016, when I, or 2015, when I first got sick into the early part of 2016, if someone had told me that in 2023, I would be sitting here in my bed <clears throat> recording a podcast for other survivors, facilitating and resourcing a group with 3,400 plus women, leading annual retreats, starting a nonprofit for survivors, I would be like, no, because right now I can't even cook for myself. Right now I can't even take care of my kids' basic needs. Right now I have no idea financially (coughs) how I'm going to survive. But here I am, okay? And yes, I only have a couple good hours in every single day, and I have to be very, very careful how I spend those hours. But here I am. So if you had told me in 2015 that in 2023 I would be sitting here doing these things, I would have told you you were crazy. If you had told me that in the last three years I would have read dozens of books, listened to thousands of hours of podcast trainings, gotten certified as a survivor advocate. Wow. I would have told you that you were just crazy. There's no way. And yet here I am. And so as I read those resources, as I listen to those podcasts, I am thinking of hundreds, if not thousands upon thousands Tens of thousands of women who still need to hear the good news. Who still need things like the 12 truths that I just read to you. And that is why I had to create Held and Healed. Because I knew that all this wonderful content and all this truth was not just for me. So, my dear friend, I tell you today, your story matters and your story is not over. Even if you are in the midst of the hottest fire you have ever been in. Like I was in 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018. Those were hard, hard years. 2019 was hard. But then for me in 2020, things began to shift. Things began to shift. And I found a purpose. And I found a mission. And I found a goal. And relationships with my sons began to take a turn After about three years of DV by proxy, things began to shift in those relationships. And I sit here today filled with hope. It doesn't mean that in an hour some challenge isn't going to come at me and I'm going to be, I'm going to be mad at myself for saying this, right? But it means that hope has come. Change has come. Peace has come. Joy has come. 
And I am going to keep pursuing those things and encouraging other women to pursue those things until the day I die. While I have breath in my lungs and while I have blood pumping through my veins, I want to be a messenger of hope and healing. So I pray, I hope, I do so long for each of these words today to be kind of spoken as a blanket, a comforting blanket over you. You are so worthy. Your story isn't over. You have strengths that you don't even know you have. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. Keep taking care of you and your kiddos right now in the season you're in. That may be all that you can do. And that is more than enough. And I cannot wait to hear from you two years from now, three years from now, four years from now, five years from now to see where you are in your healing journey. I pray that this has blessed you and encouraged you today. I encourage you to jump into Held and Healed on Facebook if you are a woman. If you want other resources, heatherelizabeth.org. Keep your eyes open for the video content to be in a vault that you can purchase for a very reasonable price. Always go back to the Safer Spaces Summit. I have reduced the price greatly. I think it's 10 or 11 hours of content, which is powerful for helping helpers become safer spaces. That was my labor of love last year this time that I was putting together. If you live anywhere near Virginia and the September retreat with Sarah McDougall um, would be an incredible opportunity. That is September 8 through 10 here in Virginia. And please check out honorproject.org and we would love to have you follow that for updates on the nonprofit. So today I pray that you would be held Feel held even as you're being healed. Blessings.